Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Business Boys. It's Wednesday night, episode 78. Uh, lots of sports going on, lots of action going on. I got a Sleeman Clear 2.0, 80 calories, 2 grams of carb, and 2 sexy boys right here. Because with me, as always, is my main man, Spence. How you doing? Very nice. Uh, notoriously delicious. I got a nice Peroni. Nice Italian beer. I'll be chugging one in a sec from the March Madness bet uh, that I lost already. But also, man, I was just snacking. Uh, man, I've been obsessed with the smoked Gouda lately. Oh, it's delicious. Ooh. Just uh, I have like an addiction. I go to the fridge. I just cut off like a little sliver of it and just eat it straight. I do that about three, three, three to seven times a day. <laughs> <laughs> So, so little like beer, little Gouda. Gouda oh, it's still, I've never I been a huge like, smoke guy, I'm, but lately it's just hitting the spot. Makes sense. I love like a good, like, like cheese I find is such a good, like little, like midday little, just mm, 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 you get the salt, you get the, you know, it's a little filling. It's perfect. A little munchable. I like it. Yeah, it's delicious. Probably not the most healthiest snack, but I don't really give a shit. Healthy snacks suck. Yeah. I hear what's fucking disgusting and I've tried it so many times. And so many people try to convince me otherwise, and I'm a sucker. Every two years, I go back for it. Have you ever had coconut water? No, no, that's not uh, that's not my cup of tea. Yeah, it's f- I like so. I used to go to a, like when I when I worked at Guru, I used to go to a lot of like organic trade shows, right? So they had like all sorts of shit, and like my buddy was obsessed with them, and he's like, "No, no, no, you just you got to give it another chance. Like this one's good," and I would be like okay try it i'm like dude that's absolutely putrid (laughs) so you know a few years have passed like i forget how disgusting it is my brother's talking it up like crazy you know like oh after i eat like a big meal the next day to get everything moving again i just have a coconut water like it really helps and i'm like how bad could it be that like i can't just drink it for all like the benefits it's about to give me that i like super need right now for like this hangover or like my pizza belly the next morning Dude, I opened one. I saw them on sale and everything. I opened one. I almost yacked everything into the fucking into the sink. Like I can't do it. Like I can't even force myself to do it. It's fucking disgusting. I mean, what is it? Just coconut flavored water? It doesn't sound that bad. No, it's like it's coconut. Like it's like from the coconut. Right, right, okay. Still doesn't sound terrible. I don't know. Well, you fucking I got one in the fridge. Uh, it'll be there. <laughs> it'll be there for a while. Uh, I'm surprised, man. You're, you're the healthy guy on this podcast. I thought you'd be into the coconut water, the almond milk, the egg whites. I tried. I really gave it my all, but it's disgusting. You gave it all you got, Captain? Mm-hmm. But speaking of being healthy, fucking gyms are back open in Quebec. Ooh. Been working out. Pump some iron. Mostly mostly hitting the treadmill because mm. uh, Pop, Papa Jay's got to lose some weight. Makes two of us, man. Uh, hit two, Weighed in at 232 the other week, so... Um, is that, a, is that an all great. time? Yeah, I mean, I, I weigh myself four times a year, but uh, I think it's the highest uh, on record. It's not great, Bob. I, I hit an all time of like two forty eight. <laughs> it was not not good. Yeah, I'm but. I'm inching towards the two fifty club, so something's got to change, <laughs> or I'm gonna get there soon. The two, the, honestly, I, like I already took it down like five just from fucking crushing the treadmill. So hopefully, uh, 
you know, and the extra motivation to not like eat disgusting food all the time. So hopefully we'll uh, we'll be back in time for the wedding, fitting yeah to a suit. Oh, that's the worst, man. Because I have to lose it all quick. Because I can't like get a suit and then lose ten more pounds. I'll be swimming in it. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to make sure you're you're tailored properly in that. Yeah. You know, I will say suits like usually do a pretty good job at hiding uh, the belly and everything. Yeah. Sure, that's one but of the like, benefits. I went to a wedding like five, six months ago. I don't fit in that suit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I have various uh, like certain clothing I have. Like I know that's my skinny clothes. When I'm skinny, I can wear that. And certain clothes like that fits me better when I'm fat. So I, I got like an assortment of a range of clothes depending on my weight fluctuation. Yeah, definitely getting there. It's a pro like Six suits in my closet. <laughs> Half of them the same color. All just 42, 42 long, 44. Anyways, yeah. that's about our fat asses. Let's get into some uh, get into some news. I guess since we're talking about uh, healthy food, I guess. Um, I was checking out this company the other day. Uh, Canadian company, Plant X. Um, so they are a plant-based e-commerce platform. Uh, they deliver everything from plants. Uh, they're moving into cosmetics. Like you can order food from them and and other shit. They have like restaurant recommendations. So like food stuff would be like, you know, they have like, they have like 10 different kinds of pasta from like, you know, like rice pasta to like cauliflower pasta um you know as we learn more and more about certain people's diets and stuff that they can't eat um you know it's coming in uh coming in quite handy dandy so uh it was pretty cool to check it out they're also making like a little community out of it too you can like share ideas and talk um they're preparing to to launch on the nasdaq uh they're already public in canada uh they just had a record breaking quarter 298 percent increase from their last quarter and uh Last three months was about a million eight hundred in uh, gross revenue. So uh, I never heard about them before. Uh, not even when I was uh, in my uh, in my days at Guru Organic Energy Drink. So um, definitely a newcomer, but uh, definitely quite interesting. I don't know if you had a chance to to look at them at all. I did go on their website. It it seemed interesting. I I don't know. I'm just I'm not. I don't not like super. I don't have a strong opinion either way on how I feel about the company uh, going forward. I, I think like they don't have any of their own stuff, right? It's it's all a uh, third party selling on it, pretty much. I didn't see any uh, Beyond Meat on there or Impossible, so that would be interesting right. if they get into some uh, some of their own brands. Um, yeah, I just I, I haven't done enough research. Like I don't know if there's enough. Uh, like organic vegetarian people that, that would be super into that stuff. But obviously their numbers look pretty, pretty good right now. Still very small, but uh, we'll probably have to do some further digging once they do go public. Although I'm sure it's going to be a pretty small, I don't know if they're IPOing or, or spacking. I'm not sure what's going on there exactly, but all, yeah, what's uh, the deal with the uh, cauliflower rice and stuff. That's, that's taking off, man. I see this shit everywhere now. Yeah. They have like cauliflower pizza bread and pizza dough too. Is cauliflower like a super veggie now? It's it's like broccoli? 
I think it's very uh, what's the word Ma- moldable, malleable. Like it's like you can you can it's you it can hold stuff if you like like you can do different shit to it. You know, um, for people who are doing the keto diet just to you know get jacked and shit like uh, you know or or just loot people. Some people just need to lose weight like really quickly. Um, like it's good for them. Uh, it's good for people who can't like more and more people now are becoming uh, glu- like gluten free. They can't right. gluten. It's like this new thing. Like, I mean, it's not a new thing, but I think it's like more and more people now are, are unable to eat gluten um, or we're just only realizing it, I guess. Um, so that's why it's, it's, I think, a bigger thing. And you can turn like you can turn it into, like I said, turn it into a lot of shit. So, yeah, I've had a cauliflower based pizza like the crust was, I guess, made out of cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love pizza. I eat it at least once a week. It was probably one of the worst pizzas i've had in my life but uh you know i digress if it's uh if you can't eat regular pizza i'm sure it's a great alternative you know i had it once and i honestly couldn't tell the difference but maybe i just didn't they didn't do it right maybe mine was shit too uh, that's the probably the first and last time i eat that that pizza but yeah they don't have uh they don't have beyond meat or anything but like what, the way you can search is very cool and i think it's just like a very convenient way because you know, if you go to the grocery store, if you have certain dietary restrictions, you got to like pick up the packaging to find the right, products right. Um, and and walk through the grocery store, read the labels. Here you can actually just like tick off. Like right now I'm looking at Louisville vegan jerky. Uh, but you can, there's dietary preference. So if you tick off like, hey, I need stuff that's soy free and paleo friendly. Well, they don't have anything that's that in the, in the meat section right now, but in, or in the beef jerky, but like you can take off and just rest assured that okay, I'm I'm looking at all the ingredients that follow my dietary restrictions, and like you can learn like find new stuff and, and and order it. So I thought it was pretty cool. They do meal delivery too, squash masala, barbecue pulled jackfruit pulled whatever. So yeah, interesting. Sounds fancy. Yeah, I'll have to do. Uh, I'll have to dig a little further on it. Um, hope it does well, being our Canadian um, brothers and sisters and all. Yeah, across the country in uh, Vancouver, but Canadian nonetheless. Yeah, lots of lots of uh, lots of startups in Vancouver. Beautiful city. Good business city. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking about like kind of like online marketplaces and, and advertising and selling. Um, I know just real quick last year, we kind of talked about these big strikes uh, on Facebook ads, people just not down with, um, you know, just trying to be a bit more, I don't know what the word is, like just the kind of social, social justice movements against Facebook and some people were concerned that they wouldn't come back, but as as we usually see when people make this big stink about something, they'll they'll usually kind of sneak back in a few months later once they've gotten their their marketing uh, marketing pull from it. Um, but Facebook ad rates are back, uh, spending is back to pre pandemic levels. Um, so a kind of combo, obviously COVID being the major factor, but uh, the social justice movements as well. But they're back. COVID people are back. Um, essentially, essentially as the prices came lower, the people that jumped back in were like, uh, like gaming companies trying to get like more like stay at home stuff. 
uh, people who are making moves into e-commerce or restaurants looking to do, push more delivery. And now people who are just looking to recover from their shitty, uh, shitty year last year are, are spending in again. Um, so the demand's quickly coming back and, and we're seeing a lot of growth there too. Yeah, I would expect with reopening um, some pretty aggressive pushes by uh, clothing companies and, and restaurants and stuff like that. Like uh, the clothing industry is just going to have a boom with the reopening. People have been living inside in sweatpants for a year. Everyone's going to want to get out and show off uh, show off their new show fancy new top. And they have the money to do it, right? They've been saving their saving their pretty shekels if, they, if you've still been working. Um, but like for me, like I don't need new clothes because I haven't like ripped a crotch out of any jeans lately. <laughs> I haven't been wearing as many jeans. Yeah, we're not good gauges for... Uh, clothing spend across canada or america <laughs> no and not. i just don't buy clothes i could probably use some new clothes though now that i think about it yeah, yeah i could always use i i want to get into like the long tees more i need more long tees because the belly is starting to pop out of the short ones the long tees you mean a size up or a long sleeve no like uh same size same sleeve Longer on the on the like on uh, the length at the bottom, you know, like the new uh, cool hip guy trend. I need that too, man. I need that. Too. I feel like all lately, I'm just like I'm just like tugging my shirt down from like the belly area, trying to make sure it you know touches my jeans still. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. What's bad with me? I mean, let's just quickly get off the fat subject again. But it's at the <laughs> point now where I put my a, a, a hoodie on and I could see my belly. That's like a, a new low. Usually the hoodie would mask that. I mean, that's, you know, you're just, that's just not good. <laughs> it's a baggy hoodie. It's not tight. Anyways, what else is going on? Uh, Canada banned the AstraZeneca vaccine for people under 55. Germany also halted it for people under 60. There's like some rare uh, instances where it's linked to some blood clots in people, mostly younger people, mostly younger women. Um, seems pretty clear it's the uh, shittiest of the vaccines right now. And only a small percentage uh, were coming to Canada. I think most of them in Europe. But yeah, yeah. Canada's been slacking with the vaccine efforts, man. Just I think 1.8% of Canadians are fully vaccinated. There's like 16% in the States. So uh, hopefully we can step up, get some more Moderna and Pfizer shots over here so we can uh, go out and get shit-faced at a bar together or something. Yeah, absolutely. And um, that was one of the, like, blood clotting was kind of one of the very rare but still a side effect of um, COVID, right? So it makes, I guess it kind of makes sense that it would pop up in the vaccine as well. Um, but uh, not something, not something you want to hear. Especially like raising the raising the the suspicions of the anti vaxxers whoever they may be. <laughs> yeah. What um, we also, else? you know, um, I'm always a, I'm always everyone knows I'm a bit of a fanboy of Slack. Uh, they're coming out with some new features. Um, yeah. Keep talking. I'm gonna go cool. grab a beer. Yeah, yeah, go grab that beer, and I'll talk about Slack. You fucking slacker. Um, so they have this new feature. This this one I actually liked. Uh, it was like audio rooms. 
Uh, essentially, it's like instead of just like calling someone and having a video call, you could actually uh, just have a call going for yourself in the background and people could can jump in. Um, this is something I actually like kind of suggested to to the company. We have a lot of new hires and, and stuff like that. So it's like, what if you could just have this room that you're kind of just in and people can pop in, ask you a question and pop back out um, instead of like having to be like, oh, are you free? Can I call you? Blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it's a good way just to keep a morale up and, and hang out. Cause you know, we do like hangout sessions too, where like, it's like a Friday at 11, we all just jump into like a, like a, a zoom call and like, we all work together and listen to music and chill. Um, but I like the idea of the audio rooms. One that was like a bit, uh, questionable. It's like a potential. It's not for sure that they're going to do it is stories like Slack stories. Um, I think it's fucking pretty lame. Like, like, you know, like Facebook stories and Instagram stories you would have one for work. And like, quite honestly, like if I fucking cared enough about the people I worked with to have, to look at their stories, I'd follow them on Instagram, you know, but most of the people I work with don't do that anyways. So like, fuck off. Um, and then like leaving audio messages as well, instead of typing, which is like, whatever. I don't know if, yeah. you, if you liked any of those. Yeah. I mean, it sounded, uh, solid i guess I, I don't really get excited about work messaging platforms slack is awesome i think i've come around to microsoft teams as well i think teams is very good too but uh yeah i'm sure people would be pumped up about stories even, even if, if like it'd be a small minority uh, certain people would would be all about that oh yeah it's the, it's the reply allers of the world you know <laughs> Oh, man. I miss getting a good, uh, haven't got one in a while. Good uh, reply all. Thanks. Great update. <laughs> I got one one time. This, this is my, at my old job. This, this someone uh, messaged out to like literally everyone in the company about someone was prank calling him in, in the office. And uh, he just sent out a huge, a very aggressive reply all to everyone from the CEO to the new customer service intern. And uh it was a bold decision. I'll just say that. And I wasn't prank calling, but after that, I was very, very debating. Just keep prank calling this tool. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Like, it's not going to help you. It's going to encourage bad behavior. Oh boy, what else yeah. we got? What else we got over here? We talked about uh, well, some of the some of the larger. Uh, I'm sure that. People, everyone saw because of all the memes. Uh, the ever oh, I miss given those memes. Ever given her in the in this is now unstuck in the Suez Canal. Ah, uh, very nice, very nice pronunciation. I'm gonna miss the memes. Uh, we had a good six days, and um, what a what a heck of a name for a a cargo or container ship. The ever given. That's just all time. Um, I guess apropos that it was stuck for, wait, was it six days? It was just under a week, I think, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it was just like this giant container ship. I think it's the size of, uh, I don't know, like five or six football fields uh, stuck in the Suez Canal for six days. Um, it's a very busy trade route between Asia and Europe. Um, if you don't go through there, you got to fucking sail all the way around Africa, all the way around the southern tip. So this is, it's just by Egypt. It's like you go right through and, and get up to Europe. Um, 
think about 12% of trade passes through the Suez Canal uh, per year. And most mostly Europe, so I guess we, we wouldn't really feel the effects. But uh, we saw like oil prices spike up with uh, potential supply shortages there. It's the largest vessel ever to get stuck in it. I read a story, though, like in the 60s or something. There's like a ship stuck there for a year or something, which sounds fucked. Sounds like a bad year. <laughs> During the Six-Day War or something. That, that sounds pretty crazy. But uh, yeah, it was pretty like we're pretty lucky um, in general. Like the global economy is pretty lucky. It was only stuck for six days because there's about 50 ships that pass through it every day. Um, tons of oil and, and natural gas, but but literally just like everything, like consumer goods. There's like Amazon orders on there. Uh, I, I literally have a thing from a supplier in in London. We're waiting on food goods like syrups, some spare parts for motor, motors, uh, forklift trucks, Amazon goods, and coconut milk. So uh, your fave was stuck on there. And uh, there's a huge... Drop it to the bottom of the ocean. But. <laughs> yeah. Huge queue of ships that were uh, waiting behind it. And uh, I think it got just blown in by the wind and shit. Like, I, I think they're doing a more thorough investigation. But it essentially, it's just like heavy winds, like, blew it, like, off course. And it just got stuck in the ground like is there one guy like i just want to know is there one guy driving it no man there's got to be like uh, it's got to be a, a perfect storm situation times a thousand there's got to be i want to say thousands of people on board yeah or maybe not no, thousands, no, no. Maybe hundreds of thousands of people on board but like is there a steering wheel or is it like all calculated like what? Yeah, you just, think there's an old I'm school just steering picking, wheel i'm just picturing like a pop george clooney in there forearms turning like a giant pirate wheel it's possible. I, I want to say that uh, the uh, shipping industry has come a f- long way and it's probably all like computerized and shit like an airplane. But uh, yeah. like, that would be awesome if it, there's yeah. a, bi- a big ass steering wheel. I'm sure there's a captain. I'm sure there's a, a suit captain or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was uh, kind of an unforeseen situation. Seems like a natural, you know, they didn't get stuck on purpose or anything. And uh, would it take like 38 tugboats? To uh, free it or whatever. Oh, rum tum tugger, man. Tugboat yeah. away. I think there's 421 ships uh, waiting to get through. Just like four days of traffic for it to return to normal. Five, six days. Fucking crazy. Yeah. So I, I would think like they estimated 15 million a day um, for each day of the blockage. So, I mean, it's a lot of money, but. But in hindsight, it's like, you know, it's not that much money for for the amount of goods and like the size of these economies. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm counting my lucky stars because my Amazon order of corn, new cornhole sacks came through and everything's everything's good in the world. At there least on my end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it, it was it was mainly like a European problem, I'm, I'm assuming, and uh, maybe like an oil company, but probably a bigger problem for b2b like some businesses versus uh like some poor guy or girl who can't get their amazon package on time right totally <laughs> yeah but uh r.i.p to the memes and uh but glad it, glad the ship's freed it was a fun week man I, I enjoyed going on twitter while it was stuck yeah there was some fucking hilarious stuff yeah uh, other other big news uh, this week, uh, a bit lesser known unless you you know follow the financial news. Uh, Archegos Capital, uh, like this 
secret family fund hedge fund uh, lost a fuckload of money. Fuck the market. Um, I can explain it, but you were the one who explained it better to me. So I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one. Well, first of all, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Ar- Archegos. And you should know that because it's a Greek word. Archegos. Yeah, yeah. there you go. That was very, very well said. And it's Greek for, <laughs> this is the best part, it's Greek for one who leads the way, which just reminds me of the Mandalorian. It's very philosophical, very deep, very heavy. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, get, getting to it. So, uh. Archegos was a family fund, about a $10 billion family fund run by ex-Tiger um, Management protege and superstar Bill Huang. Sung Kook is his actual uh, name, but uh, of course that translates to Bill. Um, <laughs> he So Tiger Management is like one of the most successful, one of the most high-profile hedge funds in the 90s, 2000s. This guy was like a protege of uh, who's who's uh, just Julian Robertson, something like that. Um, moved to Asia, opened up Tiger Asia Management, and, and then eventually, just uh, after settling some insider trading claims in 2012, which was pretty damn sketchy, paid like forty million dollars in fines. He just started this family fund, family uh, office up there, call it Archegos. Um, I've seen from like people I respect uh, on Twitter and in the media, like this guy was legit. Like he was a legit superstar investor. Um, seems a little fucking crazy, a little shady, but uh, certainly can't question his investment mind. But essentially, uh, his ten billion dollar firm was making bets on stocks worth up to fifty to eighty to a hundred billion dollars. So leveraging out of his ass. On uh, certain companies, most notably certain Asian stocks like Tencent, Baidu, IQE. Don't know how to say it. Netflix of China. Um, also had some U.S. media giants like Viacom, CBS, Discovery Inc. Uh, oh yeah, GSX also uh, another Chinese company. And instead of to obtain this massive leverage, um, instead of just buying shares in it, he went around to all the banks and uh, did total return swaps or equity swaps with them, uh, which essentially allowed him to amass these massive positions with leverage through these banks, not disclose that he owned the shares because the banks technically own the shares. I don't think we want to get involved into how a swap works. Maybe just quickly, he went to like J.P. Morgan or Goldman Sachs and said, "All right, I want to buy uh, ten billion. You're going to buy ten billion worth of stock. You'll give me the gains from it, and I'll pay you the LIBOR rate, like a fixed percentage. And if they go down, I'll pay you a little more as well. So it's kind of like a sneaky way to keep it off the books, keep the positions on the down key, so you don't have to disclose anything in a 13F. You don't have to say if you own ten percent of a company or more." And you could just make massive bets. They don't go in the books. The banks don't really know who else he's borrowing from. Or they probably did. They just, you know, the banks are they're fucking anything for the money. Anyways, what happened was we had a pretty big sell-off last week in some Chinese technology stocks. And we had CBS Viacom, which I remember 
during the pandemic last year, the stock was like 15 bucks. It rose to 100 bucks. Now we know why, because uh, he was making and the banks were making these massive bets on it. Um, they did a $3 billion stock offering because their their shares had risen so much. Let's let's offer some some shares. Let's raise $3 billion, use that to expand, pay off some debt, whatever. That triggered a sell-off in the stocks. He was the stocks are selling off. He got a margin call because he owed the banks X amount. You know the swaps what's go a, down. What's the a margin p- call? If I can uh, pause you there. So it's essentially with a broker. Like these banks are acting as prime brokers. When you have a brokerage, and let's say you have a thousand dollars in your your brokerage account, maybe your brokerage will let you uh, put up to three thousand dollars on stocks. They'll they'll let you leverage up to three to one. But if the stock goes down and you're losing money, you don't have enough money in your account to keep that position. So you get a margin call. They say, okay, you have to pay us an extra $500 to keep this position or we're going to sell this position because you need to, you know, the position's gone down. You need to put up more capital in order to satisfy our risk demands. The problem is he didn't have any more capital to put up. So the banks went into panic mode, survival mode, and just started unloading massive block shares of Viacom, Discovery, GSX, Baidu, all these uh, pretty big companies, pretty concentrated lists of groups. And then you saw like Viacom, CBS go down 50% on Friday or or like 40% uh, just tumble. And and all these other names sell off like crazy as banks were, were selling blocks of 2 billion of some of these shares. And uh, the $10 billion fund completely blew up. People saying, like, this guy has no money left. I find that hard to believe. He's so rich. He probably has, like, $100 million, like, stored offshore somewhere, maybe in some Bitcoin or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it just – it kind of triggered a domino effect where – I don't know if it was exactly CBS Viacom. I think it was that combined with um, maybe some of these Chinese tech stocks selling off already that triggered the margin call. But that triggered – one bank and then the next bank to just start unloading all of this guy's positions. And uh, when you're unloading 50 billion worth of positions or, or it's not worth as much as that, um, it can cause a pretty big sell-off in the markets. And I think we saw it was pretty volatile week last week. I think the good thing that will come with this, hopefully there's some more like um, – there will be some like legislation passed and like regulation on – so like what's a family fund? It's, it's kind of like a, a hedge fund, but just for like a, a certain family members, like close-knit people. There's and no there's like outside like, investors, so they're not tied to specific rules to protect yeah. outside investors, right? Yeah, they don't have to disclose stuff. I think there's some like tax loopholes and stuff like that. And then hopefully there's some more regulation into the derivatives markets, the swap markets specifically. Because a lot of that is off the books. It's only for really big players. It's supposed to be used for hedging, which is what the banks thought they were doing. But to give someone like that that much leverage seems suicidal. And like I don't know where the risk management was out of any of the banks. But, I mean, they, they weren't risk managing during the 08 crisis either. I mean, this, this is what kind of led, you know, the, the swaps and the, and the default swaps. It led to the to the await collapse as well. So uh, hopefully there's some more regulation that that comes of that. And uh, I don't know, kind of give me shades of long term capital management's collapse in the late 90s. 
it, it seems to be a pretty concentrated like group of stocks and, and issue though. So like, thankfully, I don't think it'll have a major impact on the markets, but it's still pretty early on. So uh, we'll see if more banks are unloading shit as the days go by. But uh, right now it seems pretty contained. It was a wild end of the week last week and Monday, but it seems like um, the storm has settled a bit by now. And uh, yeah, that's how you lose ten billion in uh, one week. I mean, liquor, so, ladies, and leverage. That's uh, Charlie Munger's three risks of investing, man. What are they? Say that again. Liquor, ladies, and leverage. Three L's. <laughs> <laughs> so, looking at this now, obviously, our buddy, uh, everybody, Huang Chung tonight lost a shitload of fucking money. Um, yeah. People who were yeah. invested and, 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 you know, bought shares, like people like, you know, let's say, you know, like you, people like you and I are invested in these companies and they drop 50% are obviously fucked. Uh, not completely fucked unless they put a shitload of money in there, which is never a good idea to begin with. But what about the banks? How fucked are they right now? Or fucked at all? Yeah. So I, I mentioned uh, Viacom CBS. I remember... Uh, after the sell-off last year, it was down to 15 bucks. I remember seriously looking at it and like debating buying shares. I mean, Tony Romo's an employee. That's a reason enough. <laughs> it was just way too cheap. And then it climbed to 30 and then 40 and 50, you know, over like eight, nine months. I said, okay, 50 bucks is probably a fair valuation. And then the last three months, it just doubled again to 100. And it was fast and aggressive and it didn't really make sense. But now we know why it's all these banks were buying shares for the swaps with this, with Billy Boy. Um, so I actually thought it was like a, maybe a decent opportunity in some of them to buy on the rebound. Um, I wish they would have fallen a little bit more. What was the question again? <laughs> oh, how, are the bank's going to be fucked. Um, yeah, like, so I think Nomura, which is like a Japanese uh, bank, they're saying $2 billion in losses. JP Morgan's at five to ten billion. JP Morgan's gonna be fine. No problems there. No more like that's a big hit. Credit Suisse was like around five billion, I think. Those are pretty big hits to those banks, but the banks have so much money, man. <laughs> they, they'll be okay. They can withstand um a, a, a two to five billion dollar uh charge it's not the end of the world for them it's not great but uh it's it's nowhere near like lehman brothers in 2008 where it's you know risk of going under right so that's that's the good news it's it seems to pretty be a somewhat isolated uh scenario but uh yeah man when when you got interest rates so low and you know you got gamestop going to the moon and and Boban moments going for thousands of dollars and uh, <laughs> shit selling for sixty nine million. Like this, this crazy shit has ha has been happening, and then this is one of the craziest things I've ever ever witnessed. That's for sure. Fucked up, crazy. Yep. Sip of my uh, Grosch Grosch beer. No. I love Grosch. It's nice. Got a good taste, but it's uh, it's nice and like it's it's very drinkable, which is my number one, number one, uh, yeah. you know, Amsterdam, right? Thing, Netherlands for... beer, Dutch beer. Yeah, it's it's a Dutch good. beer, but I did not see it anywhere in Amsterdam when I was there. Uh, also, have a hazy memory from that trip, though. So, 
Maybe they're like outlawed for like uh, bringing the beautiful gift of Dutch beer, uh, popularizing it and selling out to the rest of the world. <laughs> they have a lot of Stella. I feel like Europe is pretty big on Stella. You ever get those? And, uh, uh, Leffe. Is, is your Grolsch, is it like in a, in a regular bottle or is it one of those cool ones with like the, you know what I'm talking about where the metal clip at the top, you know, with the cork? It's not a cork, but it's like a... No, it's a pint can. It's a can. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I'm <laughs> talking about. I do know about. what you're talking about. Yeah. Very fancy. Very nice. I would love to have those. They, I haven't been able to find those anywhere recently. Everyone's going cans now. Yeah. So it's five cents. I feel less bad about throwing it in the recycling, you know? Yeah, there you Easier go. Easier to carry downstairs. That's it. I've moved on from that part of my life. It's just... Too, 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 too much of a hassle to return empty beer bottles or cans. That's why I always buy cans because I just can get rid of them. Whereas the lady likes to take the bottles back, but they just end up sitting in the trunk. Hmm. Yeah, we had some good hauls back in the day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we live five minutes from the grocery store, but we needed the pickup. <laughs> That's yeah. You know, I got nothing else, man. I think that was a nice, hearty, uh, well, well-informed pod. Uh, not to stroke my own, uh, stroke my own ego or anything, but uh, I'm I'm spent. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I missed a shitload with that our kegels, but uh, I have so many notes I didn't even look at them. I will look. Sounded good to me. This is a lot of shit going on there. All you gotta know is this guy fucking lost uh, ten billion dollars, and uh, the banks are probably on the hook for more. Yeah, it makes it's me not feel less bad about my Michigan bet last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fucking what a game though! That was such a good game. I got some NBA props tonight. I, I put on today at lunch, so I'm excited for those. Yeah, I gotta go place my bets, man. I got the you know, Mike L blasting up the the text messages with the FanDuel and the. And shit, so I gotta get on that. I hear you, man. I found this thing on the site. It's like player props. It's total points, assists, and rebounds, and it's over-under. I kind of like that. Those are good. Yeah, yeah, I like those. I got a Fred Van Vliet over 30 tonight. Seems too low. Love Fred Van Vliet. I'll get in on that. Yeah. Anyways, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in for episode 78. Fuck, we're climbing up there. Um, so from all of us here at the business boys, thanks. And, uh, we'll check you later. Yeah. Peace out.